Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, today we are going to be talking about how salvation comes through repentance. So before we get started, let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we love you. We give you praise today. We give you honor and glory. Hallowed be thy holy name. Father, what I love, love, love about the book of Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 21, it is all about the Lord Jesus Christ taking on our punishment and that how you have made a way for sinners to be made right with you. It says, But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Verse 23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right. And Father, this is what I love so much. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them and what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight, in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Amen. Glory be to your name, Father. So we see that when we put our trust and belief in your Son, we can have eternal life. In order, in order for that to come about, 
We must have a change of mind first. Once we hear the good news, all of this good news right here, once we believe that we have a change of mind, that change of mind about Christ, about our sinful life, brings us toward salvation so that we can have our sins forgiven. So, Father, I ask for wisdom today to teach today's lesson. I ask for discernment and more of your grace. May the Holy Spirit illuminate my mind so that I can see the deep things in your word. Father, I repent of my sins and I pray that all of my brothers and sisters in Christ, that they too have repented of their sins. No longer do we reject Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. No longer do we commit willful sin. No longer do we take the precious blood of Jesus for granted. No longer do we take what you have done for us. You've demonstrated your love for mankind by sending us a Savior. Amen. No longer do we grieve your Holy Spirit. When we hear that call, we come immediately. So, Father, I give you glory. I give you all of my thanks and adoration. You are loving kindness. You are mercy. You are gracious. You saved me from certain fire. I can't even begin to express with mere words just how truly grateful I am. Because you are merciful and you are loving and you are kind. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. So listen. Before we really, really get into it, let us put our eyes on some scriptures real quick about repentance, right? Because we see in Acts 3.19, Peter was telling those Jews on the day of Pentecost, right? Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out. Okay. Matthew 4.17, from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. Acts 2.38, this is, this here is what Peter was saying on the day of Pentecost. The other scripture, Acts 3.19, that was another one of his sermons, but over here in Acts 2.38. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because once he preached that sermon on the day of Pentecost, some 3,000 Jews wanted to know what must we do because their hearts were, were pricked. They wanted to know what must we do in order to be saved. And Peter told them, you must repent so that your sins may be forgiven and then go on and get baptized. Amen. And so... That's what I want to talk about today. How salvation comes through repentance. Because when Peter preached the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ, 
over there in Acts chapter 2, he left thousands of listeners wondering what they should do next. The apostles' response, we just read it in verse 38, he said, repent. So, is this message, is this the message of most churches today? Absolutely not, Cynthia. Does it seem strange that Peter said repent instead of believe? Because the modern day church today, they will have you to believe they will have you to believe that all you got to do is to believe on Jesus. They hardly, if ever, talk about repentance. And we are going to see today that repentance and faith is on the same coin. It's just one side, but it's still the same coin called salvation. So, we are going to see, right, how Scripture often uses these two concepts together. Repentance, like I said, repentance and faith are two sides of the same coin. Both Both are essential for salvation, and each is dependent upon the other. But in terms of salvation, listen, you can't separate faith and repentance. To be saved, saved, you must place faith in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That decision requires a change of mind or repentance, right? About your life, both happen at the same time. Amen. Listen, someone once said, faith and repentance are inseparable in the same way that the command to to come here cannot be fulfilled without leaving there correctly. So, some people even claim that if we say repentance is necessary for salvation, we're we're adding works to the gospel. They claim that if repentance is required, then we are no longer saved by God's grace alone, but by what we do as well. But what does the scripture have to say? What does scripture say, folks? Okay, listen. Luke 5.32 Jesus says, I have not I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Luke 24, 47. Jesus told his disciples to proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins in his name to all the nations. When the apostles preached in Acts, the book of Acts, they called people to repent of their sins in order to be forgiven. Acts 2.38, Acts 3.19, Acts 8.32, Acts 17.30, Acts 20.21, and Acts 26.20. Write these down, folks. Study them. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul makes it clear that those whose lives are characterized by sin will not 
inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, Romans 8, 12 to 13, Galatians 5, 21, Ephesians 5, 5. Folks, listen, we must study these scriptures so that we would know what will keep us out of the kingdom of God. Because according to the unanimous testimony of scripture, repentance is absolutely necessary in order to be saved. Only those who turn from their sin trust in Christ, and live lives that are characterized by righteousness will be saved on the last day. Amen. But then, is repentance a work? Because that's all what people want to know. Forget about all what I just said. They want to know Well, is repentance a work? Is it? Listen. But then, is repentance a work we must perform in order to earn our salvation? Absolutely not. And folks, listen. When... When I take a dramatic pause like that, I do that on purpose so that I can be clear in what the Holy Spirit is prompting me to say what is next. Because we must understand sound doctrine, right? We cannot be running after the latest fad coming out of these apostate churches because all they want to highlight on is God's amazing grace, which it absolutely is because we see from scripture, it is by his grace that we are saved because he didn't have to do any of this. Listen, this is unmerited favor that holy God has bestowed upon sinful man. He didn't have to do this at all. And we wouldn't even be talking about salvation at all had it not been for his amazing grace. Amen. And we are going to see it is God it is God who draws us to himself in the first place so that we can hear the gospel so that we can have a turning of mind. That that is what repentance is all about. It is as far as biblically It is about changing the way you think. Think about what? Christ for one. Your sin for two. And that how if we do not stop sinning. We will all go to a burning hell. But God in his grace provided. Thank you Holy Spirit. Provided a way for us to be made right with him. That is why I also love Romans 3. The opening prayer. That scripture told us how Christ took our punishment. And that how God himself has made a way for us to be reconciled back to him. And that is through belief in Jesus atoning sacrifice for our sins on the cross so that we don't face God's wrath to come. But if there is no turning of the mind, if there's no repentance, then you won't come to Christ 
to have your sins forgiven because you will be just like how we all once were in this world being oblivious to Christ and what he has done for us or just outright rebellious, rejecting, hating Christ. So repentance is absolutely necessary for salvation. Faith, belief, repentance, they both go hand in hand. Amen. And so, if you want to know again, is repentance a work? No. Repentance and faith are really two sides of the same coin. Repentance is turning from sin. Faith is turning to, trusting in, and relying on Christ. Repentance is not a work any more than faith is. We simply renounce our sin and rely on Christ. Amen. So then, what is repentance? And tell us again, Cynthia, how it is necessary for salvation. Okay, John Q. Public, here we go. Because listen, many understand the term repentance, right? To mean a turning from sin. Regretting sin and turning from it is related to repentance, but it is not the precise meaning of the word. In the Bible, the word repent means to change one's mind. The Bible also tells us that true repentance will result in a change of actions. Right? Luke 3. Let me open this up. Luke 3, 8 to 14 says, Bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham our father, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for, for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees, Every tree, therefore, therefore that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, what then shall we do? And he answered them, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers, soldiers also asked him, And we, what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusations and be content with your wages. Amen. So Jesus is, is telling us what repentance looks like. It is a change from one behavior. Now you doing something else. In the terms of biblical, we turn from doing what is wrong to now doing what is right. And this is what Jesus was was telling those who came to him and asked him that, what must we do? So he says, okay, what you was doing before, don't do that. Do this. Amen. And so the full biblical definition of repentance is a change of mind that results in a change of action. Amen. So what then? Okay. What then is the connection between repentance and salvation? Well, the book of Acts 
especially, okay, focuses on repentance in regard to salvation. I gave y'all those those scriptures in the book of Acts, right? Let me give it to you again. Acts 2:38, no. Let, let, let me let me back it up and give it to you like this. Acts 2:38, <clears throat> Acts 3:19, Acts 3 I'm sorry, Acts 11.18, Acts 17.30, Acts Acts 20.21, and Acts 26.20. Amen. Try saying that three times, okay? So, to repent in relation to salvation is to change your mind regarding sin and Jesus Christ. Because... In Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost over there in chapter 2 of Acts, well, he, he concludes with a call for the people to repent. We see that in verse 38, right? Repent from what? Okay, because Peter is calling the people who rejected Jesus to change their minds about that sin and to change their minds about Christ himself, recognizing that he is indeed Lord and Christ. Acts 2.36 says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you crucified. Amen. Listen, Peter is calling the people to change their minds, to abhor their past rejection of Christ, and to embrace faith in him as both Messiah and Savior. So, Repentance involves recognizing that you have thought wrongly in the past and determining to think rightly in the future. The repentant person has second thoughts, if you will, about the mindset he formerly embraced. There is a change of disposition and a new way of thinking about God, about sin, about holiness, and about doing God's will. Because true repent, true repentance is, is prompted by godly sorrow and it leads to salvation. 2 Corinthians 7.10 Paul was saying, For godly grief produces a repentance, okay? A godly grief. No, for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Amen. Paul Paul is telling us, thank you, Holy Spirit, what leads to salvation? Repentance. Godly grief. That what leads a person to repentance. I mean to salvation. Repentance that leads to uh, salvation will always lead to eternal life. Whereas worldly sorrow worldly grief produces death. Yeah, repentance and faith can be understood as, here we go, two sides of the same coin. Listen, folks, it is impossible to place your faith in Jesus Christ as the Savior without first changing your mind 
about your sin and about who Jesus is and what he has done. Whether it is repentance from willful rejection or repentance from ignorance or disinterest, it is a change of mind. Biblical repentance in relation to salvation is all about changing your mind from rejection of Christ to to now faith in Christ. So repentance is not for the 1,000th time. <laughs> is not a work we do to earn salvation. Listen, no one can repent and come to God unless he pulls that person to himself. We see this in John 6, 44. Jesus said, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Amen. Repentance, beloved, is something God gives. It is a gift. It is it is only possible because of his grace. Acts 5.31 says, God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Amen. Acts 11.18. When they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God saying, then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Amen. No one, folks, listen, no one can repent unless God grants repentance. All of salvation, including repentance and faith, is a result of God drawing us opening our eyes, and changing our hearts. God's long-suffering leads us to repentance. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Amen. As does his kindness. Romans 2, 4. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Do you not know this? See? While repentance, yep, I'm going to say it again. While repentance is not a work that, that earns salvation, repentance unto salvation does result in works. Let me say that again for the people in the back. While repentance is not a work that earns salvation, repentance unto salvation does result in works. And how do I know this? My hand is raised. I can only speak for myself and and from those whom I've witnessed of their works of repentance. It is, speaking of myself, having gone from a, hmm, a, Jezebel, a Jezebel and harlot, okay, liar and thief and murderer. Let's see, what else was on my jacket? Oh, fornicator, um, adulterer, mm, gossip. 
what else? Um, envious, jealous, bitter, angry, suicidal, homicidal. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Everything. What the Bible tells us whom will not enter God's kingdom. Yeah, I was on many of them lists. But now, but now, now that I have truly repented of my sins, meaning I've turned my way of thinking. No longer do I reject Christ as Savior by my willful disobedience and willful sinful lifestyle. Okay. No longer do I think sin is the big time fun. No longer do I believe once saved, always saved. Now I believe that I must live holy for it is my reasonable service after all what Christ done for me, how he suffered on my behalf. I now I'm, I now am fully aware that God ain't playing with this lake of fire and that I must live a godly, holy, righteous life. That's how I now think. I don't think the way I used to. I don't act the way I used to. I don't talk the way that I used to. Why? I put my faith in Jesus. When I heard the real gospel, when I fully understood what repentance is all about, because I thought it was, I can tell God I'm sorry 10 million times and then I'm right back at it. Why? Because he loved me so much and that Jesus said no one can pluck me out of his hand. So that told this little pea brain, well, must be I can take his grace as a license to keep on sinning. If my past, present, and future sins have all been rolled up into one big ball and nailed to the cross, well, I don't have to live a repentive life. Why? Since my my future sins have already been taken care of, well, then woohoo, I could just sit back and enjoy this ride straight to heaven. Really? Yeah, I was deceived. So, Therefore, like the Lord told me, and this is so not a poster, okay? When you change your mind, you change your life. You behave differently. You are actually a brand new person. No longer do you want, do you even desire to sin against holy God anymore. You don't want to do it. And if you slip up and miss the mark, you talking about repenting. You now feel some kind of way. You rush headlong straight to the throne room of God, seeking forgiveness immediately. No longer do you drag your feet, you know, with the, the foolish demonic doctrine that all of your sins have been forgiven and that you can just really continue in your homosexuality, in your masturbation, in your porn, in your weed smoking, in your lying, in your stealing, and your cutting up because you still get to go to heaven anyway. No, it is. It's like the tumblers of your mind really starts turning. What I'm doing, is it pleasing to God? Would I be doing this if Jesus was standing right before me? Do you really think that none of this is being recorded in heaven? Have you not read the scriptures that all of your ways, all of your doings, and all of your thoughts will testify against you or for you on the day of judgment. So all of this renewing of the mind is now taking place. And 
like the Bible tells us, when you truly love God, you stop sinning. You don't make it a practice to willfully sin. You are not looking for ways to get around scriptures like when Jesus said to go, comma, and sin no more. You don't try to find ways to get around of crucify that flesh, pick up that cross, deny yourself, and follow Jesus. You don't sit back murmuring and complaining, talking about, well, it's so impossible to stop sinning as if Jesus did not set you free from the controlling dominance of sin when he allowed himself to be nailed to the cross on your behalf. So all of this changing of the mind, all of this mulling over, all of this pondering over what God has said, you will start to live differently day by day. So we see Matthew 3, 8. Because see, this is why John the Baptist called people to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Because a person, listen, a person who has truly repented of his sin and, and exercised faith in Christ will give evidence of a changed life. So, the question on the floor should be, where is the fruit of your repentance in your life? Where you were, you were once a two-pack cigarette a day smoker. Are you still smoking? I mean, have you at least cut back to at least one pack? Hmm. Whereas before, you were drinking everybody up under the table at the bar. Are you now just taking, you know, one beer? Like, are, I'm saying all of that to say, is there any certified, bona fide evidence in your life that we're before how you were before Christ and all of that filth like all of us were to now? There are some inroads. There is a clear, a clear demarcation line has been drawn. And you don't have to tell anybody about it. We see it. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, even told us that we can judge a tree by the fruit that it bears. So if you are consistently bearing bad fruit, then don't be surprised when people say, well, they, they don't really see a change in you because you're still doing the same things you were doing before. No, I'm not. I told you I'm saved. Okay, but we still see you with your living lover. I know, I know. We Don't worry about that. Next month, we this time, we are definitely getting married. Okay. Okay, but you are still smoking weed, though. Jesus knows my heart. He knows I need this for my cataracts. And and the doctor just told me I got foot pain. Okay, okay, okay. But I still hear you cussing up a storm. Yeah, well, then people need to stop messing with me. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, well, lastly... I still see you dressing like like a slut, though. Well, I can't help it. God gave me this body. Anytime I put on some clothes, it's not my fault that he gave me these big old hips and thighs. Okay, but you, you do know that you don't have to keep buying clothes two sizes small. I mean, you know, you can actually bump it up, you know, a half a size. I ain't doing all of that. Okay, well, okay, all right, miss, I've repented. Okay, well, according to the your tree, it it don't look like 
you really got born again. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Because I went down to my church and the pastor told me all I needed to do was to say a sinner's prayer and, and shake his hand. And he welcomed me into the family. Okay. I, folks, listen. My bell. We got to wake up, folks. Listen, we <laughs> we need to stop playing all these games, okay? You don't think that Jesus knows exactly what you are doing. There must be there must be some real fruit showing up in your life if you say you repented. Listen, okay, because. Forget that nonsense, right? To see what repentance looks like in real life. All Listen, all we got to do is to turn to the story of Zacchaeus. Here was a man who cheated and stole and lived lavishly on his ill-gotten gains until he met Jesus. At that point, he had a radical change of mind. And this is what I'm saying. Listen, there must be a radical, capital R, capital A, capital, you are a whole different person, okay? There must be a radical change of mind. Listen, Luke 19.8 says, Look, Lord, said Zacchaeus, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Amen. Look, Jesus happily proclaimed that salvation had come to Zacchaeus' house and that even the tax collector was now a son of Abraham. He said that in verse 9, meaning a reference to Zacchaeus' faith. Listen, the cheat became a philanthropist. The thief made restitution. That's repentance, folks, coupled with faith in Christ. Because repentance, properly defined, is necessary for salvation. Biblical repentance is changing your mind about your sin. No longer is sin something to toy with. It is something to be forsaken as we flee from the coming wrath. We see that in Matthew 3, 7, right? Because John the Baptist was giving those Pharisees the business. Look, he said, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptismal, um, baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Amen. So it is also changing your mind about Jesus Christ. No longer is he to be mocked, discounted, or ignored. He is the Savior to be clung to. He is the Lord to be worshipped and adored. Amen. And that's just the bottom line. That's just the bottom line to it all. So, in closing, I'm going to leave y'all with some scriptures on repentance leading to salvation. Okay? But, but always keep in mind, okay, that one has not truly repented if he or she had no intention um, intention of changing the way they were going. I told you, repentance is not saying, Lord, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Meanwhile, in the back of your mind, you know you are still going to be sleeping with Bob. It's just that 
yesterday's um, interlude left you feeling guilty. But y'all had already made plans to hook up for next weekend. Are you or have you even canceled that next week's appointment? Have you even told Bob, listen, you know what? This got to stop. You know what? I'm living for Christ. And besides all of that, you are still married. Okay. Did you tell him that though? Yeah. Okay. Thought so. So listen. Okay. Repentance is a turning around in mind that results in turning around in body. If there, listen, if there is no turning around, there was no repentance, point blank and period. If one is not right in the sight of God, turning is obviously something that must be done. A change has to be made. Repentance is a necessity if you are trying to get to heaven. Amen. And so for the crowd who keeps wanting to scream from the rooftops how our salvation is not, um, is, mm, back it up girl, that how our salvation is not by works. We know that. At the same time, how do you think salvation comes to a person if they don't first change their mind about Christ? Stop hating on him. Stop rejecting him. Stop being oblivious to him and turn from your sin. How do you think you are going to get your sins forgiven? Do you think that you know, you just walking around, you know, minding your own business and Jesus just jumps on you and just automatically just forgive you of your sins because he just so loving. Like he just picked, like just picked you out one day, you know, and just um, threw himself on you. No, that's not how that works. Okay. Faith, number one, comes by hearing Hearing what? The word of God. The word of God about what? About Jesus. About what about Jesus? What he did for us on the cross. Well, what did he do for us on the cross? He laid down his life for our sins. Why? Because we were filthy, wretched sinners on our way to a burning hell. But God stepped in from heaven sent the Lord Jesus Christ to this sick, to this sin-sick, vile, disgusting, dark of a world to lay down his life as an unblemished lamb to be slain. Jesus became a sin offering. So his sacrifice fully appeased God's wrath. It appeased it no longer. If you don't come to Christ, no longer are you God's enemies. Right? So, when you hear all of that, that preaching of the gospel, you start to think, hmm, you know what? God is right. I've been living my life like the devil from practically the day I was born. Once I knew right from wrong, I knew what I was doing. And then you heard how Christ suffered, how he died on your behalf, brutally, violently, bloodied. And you like, whoa, he did that for me? Even when I was his enemy, he still did that for me? Hmm. And all this time, here I was rejecting him. As a matter of fact, I wasn't even thinking about him too much. I really only thought about him around Christmas, um, around Easter, and that's pretty much it. But I didn't think what he did on some cross applied to me because after all, I'm a good person. Hmm. Come to find out, the Bible said, no one is good. None. 
None is righteous. So I've been looking at this wrongly the whole time. And so what happened? I got a, I, I got a prick in my heart because I was told and shown in God's word that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God and that there is a place of final judgment called the lake of fire. I don't want to go there. No, I want to I want to learn how to please God who saved me. So, you know what? Mm-mm, I repent. Uh-uh. I changed the way I think. Nope. No longer do I think sin is the big time fun. No longer do I think Jesus is just some baby in a manger being dragged out on the 25th of every December, but that he is actually God and that he is my creator and that he is Lord and Savior. And through him is the only way that I can get to the Father and to heaven, oh yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I rethink this whole situation. You know what, Lord, you right, I'm wrong, I'm the filthy sinner, I broke covenant with holy God because I knew what I was doing, and so save me, Lord, I, I need to be saved, teach me, show me how to live right. I turn from this evil, wicked world. I renounce it. I don't want anything from this world. I renounce my allegiance to Satan, whether I knew I had an allegiance to him or not. I want nothing from this world. I want nothing for my life. All I want to do is to serve you. Whatever you call me to do, I am I am opening up myself as a willing vessel. Going forward, I'm leaving sin alone and I'm turning to God. Amen. And that's just pretty much how it goes, folks. There is no one one set formula, but all what I just laid out pretty much how it goes. Amen. And the Lord is so true to his word. He's, he said that when you obey me, when you consistently abide in me, he will reveal himself to you. You will actually hear the Lord Jesus Christ speak to you. Listen, I am a witness. Jesus says, Lord Jesus says that his sheep know his, his voice. Okay, if you are not spending any time in his word, how are you to know his voice? So that if you do go to a fellowship and that person up there gets to twisting Jesus' words, you would know to grab your hat, grab your coat and your money and get up out of there. Why? Because you have already spent time with Jesus. Knowing his voice, knowing his teachings. And so you really go to fellowship to be around other followers. Not so much to come up under the leadership of a wolf in sheep's clothing and worship him. No. So it's easy for you to pick up and run. Okay. Don't let someone undo all of that righteous teaching teachings you got straight straight first hand from the holy spirit that is why i believe it is essential before you go into anybody's brick and mortar building that you you study that word for yourself come to find out there's wolves out there folks looking to tear you apart our Lord warned us there are wolves out here. All they want is your money and they can sound as prolific and charismatic as they want to. Their sole agenda is to depart you from your money and to make merchandise of you. 
selling you all of their books, CDs, and DVDs, which are unscriptural and unbiblical. They may pepper it with a few, you know, little bits and morsels of sound doctrine, but then they write back to watering down the gospel. So, there we have it with that, folks. There we have it. So, salvation does come through repentance. Repentance is not a work. No more than faith is a work. But repentance and faith are both sides of the same coin. Two sides of the same coin for salvation. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you so much for clarification. Thank you so much that we can actually go to your word and get sound teaching. Thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit. We must have a true biblical understanding about repentance. Why would there be a need for salvation if one doesn't change their mind that once they realize just how sinful they are, once they realize the eternal state their soul, their souls are in, if there is no preaching of the gospel to prick a person's heart, they won't, they will not seek what must be done in order for me to be saved. We, we saw that play out in the book of Acts. Once the gospel was preached, the hearer, Next question was, what must we do to be saved? And Peter said, repent. That what must you do to be saved? Because, Father, we know that salvation comes by your grace. We, we are being saved because of your amazing grace that through repentance, we through the gift, let us not forget, Father, that repentance is truly a gift, just like faith. Such a gift, such an opportunity that we can have this gift so that our sins may be forgiven through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So all of this goes hand in hand and works comes into play because that is what gets produced out of repentance. The fact that we are saved, we do good works. It goes hand in hand. Faith and works go hand in hand. So to settle everyone's mind, okay? Yes, we are saved by your grace, Father, and we are eternally grateful. And what comes out of that is good fruit in keeping with repentance, in keeping with the changing of this new regenerated spirit. Because our mind is being renewed daily. Live holy. Live righteous. Put away the sin. Love God with all of our heart, soul, minds, and strength. And, and love our neighbor as well. Do that every single day until you call us home. Because Lord Jesus said in Matthew 24, 13. The man who endures until the end, that same shall be saved. Amen, Father. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for repentance. Thank you for faith. Thank you for redemption. Thank you for eternal life. You are merciful. You are loving kindness. You are gracious. You are, you, you is a good God who love those who love you, who love your son, 
who will not grieve your Holy Spirit, but will stand firm until the end. Bless your holy name, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Well, there we have it. Another one in the can. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. 1 Corinthians 15. Come on now. 33 to 34. Listen, I love you. Okay. And you better love me too. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be talking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.